Hello, and welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. Each episode, we talk about a particular topic in the life of a professor. We are tenure-track faculty members in the sciences, working at a primarily undergraduate university in California. The purpose of our podcast is reflection, so we bring something we think is working and something we're working on to discuss. Welcome to the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. I'm Ruth. And I'm Claire. And today we're talking about encouraging students. But first, Ruth, how was your week? My week was good. Um, I feel like I keep, you know, when you discover a new podcast and you just like plow through the whole backlog. Like everyone's doing with our podcast, I'm (laughs) sure. (laughs) All all the time. I love it. Yes. And please do recommend it to your friends so they can do that. Um, Yeah, I found a podcast called Maintenance Phase. Oh, And it's by Michael Hobbs and Aubrey Gordon. Mm -hmm. And it's super excellent and then I also led me on to Michael Hobbs has another podcast called You're Wrong About, mm. which is with Sarah Marshall. And they're just really, really interesting and good. And so maintenance phase is sort of tackling kind of some like wellness mythology things. Oh. And like, you know, the history of things like I had no idea there was such a thing called the president's fitness test in America. Me neither. Where like, you know, in movies, you always see people having to climb ropes. Oh, yeah. And like, apparently, I guess in the 80s, that was like an actual test that had to be done in schools. I see. Which sounds absolutely traumatizing and horrible. But so anyway, so I've learned a lot about that. And you're wrong about is kind of going over things like, like they had an episode about the satanic panic. And mm-hmm. like there was a period of time where everyone thought everyone was Satanists. And I see. So that so, yeah, super, super interesting and funny and hilarious and interesting. So cool. I'm into it. So it's always exciting when you find a new podcast. Totally. But, um, so tell me, how was your week? My week was good. I just ran a 10.5 mile trail race yesterday. What? Which Excuse never, me? Oh my I goodness. <laughs> I had no idea you even ran, let alone ran 10.5 miles. Well, I've, this is the first race. I've only done like a couple races in the past and they were both 5Ks and kind of spontaneous. But anyway, Ralph ran 18 mile trail race. So anyway, we're both really sore right now. (laughs) Okay. I also want to hear about what on earth circumstances lead to a spontaneous 5K. But is that when you're being chased by Bigfoot or something? Ralph was doing one and I was like, well, I'll jump on board. Oh, okay. It wasn't just you. Right. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this was like, um, Ralph wanted to do a really long one um, and signed up for the 18 mile one and I was like okay cool I'm gonna come and like read a book while you do that it'll be super cool and then I was like oh they do have this 10 mile one and I was like well why not just do it so anyway um it was fun that's amazing good job to both of you oh thanks yeah 10 miles like that's and 18 miles is like not far off a marathon I know and it was it was like up and down hilly oh wow and 10 miles is closer to a marathon than I will ever get so that's amazing (laughs) dude nice it was funny because like we often, you know, we go running like in the trails around here, um, but I hadn't done 10 miles. But then, yeah, you know, somebody would come by and be like, oh, we got like three miles left. And I was like, three miles, that's nothing. And then like ages later, I was like, has it not been three miles yet? You know, <laughs> like, oh my so gosh. anyway, it was, it was fun. It was really cool. I'm glad to have done it. Wow. That's super cool. Congratulations. You seem very bright eyed and bushy tailed for someone who just ran a 10k yesterday <laughs> well I, I did like, I did take a nap yesterday so I'm sure, I'm sure you did <laughs> yeah that's awesome nice work and it's such a cool um thing about being here mm-hmm. that I feel like I never utilize in any meaningful way but um 
we do. We're so we're in such a beautiful area, such a and beautiful then I hear place. about the trails. Yeah, this was like yeah. through the redwoods and up and down, like crossing stream, like tiny little stream. But it was just beautiful. Oh, that sounds oh, lovely. Absolutely lovely. Perfect day, temperature. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally the spot to be in the woods. Right. This is. I mean, this is like something. I think I mentioned recently. I had to go down to San Francisco for something, mm-hmm. and. I had no idea how hot it is outside of this little bubble we live in, because mm-hmm. we live in like this weird little fog patch mm-hmm. in California. And so it's just very startling sometimes when you realize like it's very cool here. Totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When we recently traveled to the Bay Area as well, we were, you know, super hot, you know, shorts and flip flops almost all the way back. And then as soon as we got back, it was like, oh, great. We're back in the 60s and the fog. Get and the sweater out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. I love it. That's like, that's my perfect temperature range. Perfect. Definitely. I know. Yeah. I, it's become my norm. So I'm into it. Yeah. It's always that experience. We didn't have it last year because we didn't have students on campus, but seeing a lot of very goose pimpled, freezing cold students oh, yes, in the first couple of weeks. Cause know. <laughs> I know. It's and really they're cool like, we're still in California. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, but yeah. Yeah. So tell me encouraging students yes so so first i have a quote which is related to oh sorry yes of course because it's it's about professor mcgonagall encouraging neville so in case you are not well i know you are but if any listeners are not familiar with hogwarts academics in the fifth year they take these tests called owls and if you get the, the grade like the best grade is outstanding and then it exceeds expectations and then it's acceptable and they decide if you get exceeds expectations or up, you can usually go on and take the next level of classes. And the next level of classes are called the NEWT levels. So anyway, Professor McGonagall is talking with Neville, and Neville struggles in some subjects. He's excellent in some other ones. So Professor McGonagall says, Herbology, fine. Professor Sprout will be delighted to see you back with an outstanding OWL. And you qualify for Defense Against the Dark Arts with exceeds expectations. But the problem is transfiguration. I'm sorry, Longbottom, but an acceptable really isn't good enough to continue to any WT level. I just don't think you'd be able to cope with the coursework. Neville hung his head. Professor McGonagall peered at him through her square spectacles. Why do you want to continue with Transfiguration anyway? I've never had the impression that you particularly enjoyed it. Neville looked miserable and muttered something about, My grandmother wants. Humph, snorted Professor McGonagall. It's high time your grandmother learned to be proud of the grandson she's got, rather than the one she thinks she ought to have, particularly after what happened at the ministry. Neville did some brave stuff at the ministry. Last book. Neville turned very pink and blinked confusedly. Professor McGonagall had never paid him a compliment before. I'm sorry, Longbottom, but I cannot let you into my NEWT class. I see that you have exceeds expectations in charms, however. Why not try for an NEWT in charms? My grandmother thinks charms is a soft option mumbled Neville. Take charms, said Professor McGonagall, and I shall drop Augusta a line reminding her that just because she failed her charms, OWL, the subject is not necessarily worthless. So anyway, I just love that scene of Professor McGonagall encouraging Neville. I love everything about Professor McGonagall. And she is, you know, if I could be... Because, you know, some of the pedagogy in Hogwarts is extremely questionable and lacking. And so, but she is someone I would actually emulate. Because, you know, I think that's super illustrative of you don't have to be super soft and like squishy is not the word I'm looking for. But you know what I mean? Kind of. Right. Like you can be very encouraging. And Mm -hmm. some of the most encouraging 
instructors and teachers I've had have been kind of hard asses and like really totally. like strict, you know, like totally. I had a bad habit of skipping school when I was in secondary school. Did you? I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had. A, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other episode of a whole other podcast. But um, I this teacher was like furious and he was like I don't care if you skip all your other classes but you will not skip this honors mathematics class blah blah Mm -hmm. blah and it totally I was like wow like he really thinks I should go like (laughs) I didn't take it badly like I was Uh like it was really like totally felt yeah and I did not skip any more of those classes and so yeah and he definitely wasn't being like hey friend what's going Mm -hmm. on he was just like but it was very encouraging in its own way. And I so, love yeah. how Professor McGonagall says, I cannot let you take my transfiguration class. Like, that's just a period. This is a fact. That's how it Dude, is. That's the bit Even, that I fall down on. Yeah. Time, but. So, but that was, I mean, me too. But that's, I, I, I love the example of the firm but encouraging person. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, encouraging students, what are you thinking in this topic? What, what, what context can we give our listeners here? So I'm kind of thinking of just those students who need a little more like, and I think I'm really thinking more about like emotional encouragement, mm-hmm. like not even emotional, but like you can do it like cheerleading. Mm-hmm. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And this would be outside of the realm of I'll accept your late work or whatever that kind of supports. This is more like just you can do it. I believe in you sort of mm-hmm. cheerleading mm-hmm. thing. And and I think I do a really good job with that. And I think um, one thing that is like, I kind of remember and I feel kind of embarrassed about, but I'm always the person who needs a little bit more in mm. situations. You know, like if I do a workshop, I'm always like the one afterwards who like needs to chat with the instructor oh, or like needs a little bit more. Like, is this okay? Is this right? Like mm-hmm. I'm that person, mm-hmm. you know? So I try and remember that when... I'm interacting with students. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And so, sure. Right. And like, I think, um, yeah. So I think just the constant, like one thing I do a lot too is interrupting self-deprecating talk. Like we've <laughs> talked about this here on before, but like almost, you know, having a swear jar or something, but about mm-hmm. self-deprecating and just trying to give really great feedback. And then I think, just that idea of illustrating and I try and tell a lot of stories about people who struggled in the beginning and then they ended up getting the top score in the class or Mm -hmm. you know that kind of thing so that it's not I'm thinking in particular of this one class that I teach which is the intro to physics Mm -hmm. and that is the period of time I think when people are extremely vulnerable to despair Mm -hmm. and kind of feeling like they don't belong or they're not really cut out for whatever mm-hmm. you know what I mean so that I think is the the time I'm thinking of okay cool yeah. and what what's working for you with working on those, those oh situations? yeah so so that that just sorry I kind of meant that stuff but um mm-hmm. yeah just those things and trying to remember yeah. that I needed that uh-huh you know what I mean and putting kind of connecting with yeah. that aspect uh-huh. of it and then specifically just constant cheerleading totally like, you can do it and you know that kind of stuff. And then really highlighting, I do a lot of stuff, which to me sometimes feels theatrical and ridiculous. But like when people get stuff and you're like, woohoo, oh, you did it. Like, you, yeah, awesome. Oh, you're so perfect. And what a great job. And, you know, really positive mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah. And then sometimes, okay, yeah, I'll get into that. That's more. Of what <laughs> so. And so, 
Okay. When you're you're telling these stories about the student, you know, you've had all these students that struggled at the beginning and then got the top grade in the class. Are you telling that to your class at large or are you telling that to individuals who seem like they need to hear that kind of thing? How does that work? I think in the beginning, I definitely talk in a general sense to everybody like, Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't know how much of this I'm just projecting my own nonsense onto it. But I think physics can be like... I feel like I have people with like genuine prior physics trauma coming into mm-hmm. the class, you know, who are just like, oh, like I, I, you know, one thing that's common for people from your major is they leave it till the last minute because they're oh. just like, I did not want to take this class. And so mm-hmm. I feel like people have a lot of emotional baggage coming into the class. Either mm-hmm. everyone else already knows this stuff or, oh, my God, I had this class in high school and it was so awful you know what I mean? So I just think mm-hmm. you're kind of managing a lot of emotional hangups about things. So I think I talk a lot generally at the beginning. And then I'm thinking of being in small groups in breakout rooms mm-hmm. when people are like, I don't even know how to start this. And then I kind of do a, like a lot of, oh, that's really normal. Every No one knows how to do this at the beginning. And, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. I see. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So just we- continually reinforcing that. It's fine that they don't know it right now and that they can know it and cheerleading them as they make progress towards knowing it. Right. And I think like one thing I say a lot is there's no reason you should know this. Like mm-hmm. this is the whole point. Or like if you already knew this stuff, then I wouldn't have a job or, you know. that. Kind of thing. So, like, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So cool. what about you? What do you see as kind of encouraging students? Totally, totally. So, um. Yeah, so I can think of many students who've done really well in my classes, and they've, you know, tackled all the concepts and the skills really thoroughly, and they've really just put in the effort to do their best work, and yet they don't really see that in themselves. Oh, yeah. Like, they might consider themselves perpetually behind all their classmates, or they continually expect mediocre results from themselves, and I want to help those students have more confidence in themselves and hopefully they aim higher or have the confidence to pursue whatever it is they really want to do. So um, a lot of what I work on in that area is what you were talking about too, like pointing out the things that they're good at to them. And um, lovely. I express my observation of their successes and excellences, whatever they do explicitly so that, you know, hopefully I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is change the narrative that they have in their mind that they are mediocre at all these things by just pointing out things that don't fit that narrative. Um, So I'm trying to like make cracks in their narrative of being mediocre. And um, I I hope it'll sink in over time. But even if it doesn't sink in, you know, over the semester that I have with them, I'm hoping that it will just add to some evidence that hopefully builds up that makes them eventually realize that they don't have to think of themselves as mediocre. And in fact, they aren't mediocre and they can do all these things, you know. So... I love everything about this. I think, you know, that's really interesting and it's sort of making me revisit my whole answer too because I think there is a distinction, right, between people who actually are doing the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they need encouragement. And then you do, there is this whole other pocket of people who aren't doing the stuff or are not sure. like Neville. They're just not, cut, you know, that transfiguration just isn't their thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's super interesting. But I love the idea of making cracks in. And I think that's really evocative to me because sometimes some of the frustration is you can't just wave a magic wand and make them stop. Right. You know, 
and just kind of acknowledging like I'm popping this little seed in here and maybe Uh it won't flourish until five years down. But that's really lovely. Totally. And I agree with you. There are different, there's of course different forms of encouragement. And I was kind of thinking about the students that I feel like, yeah, are doing all the things, but are still having trouble with the the confidence and the, yes. but then yes, there is of course also the encouragement of the students that need to know that they can do it if they put in the effort right. in the direction you're suggesting or that kind of thing. And so, I mean, it's, it's kind of similar. Encouragement either way is helpful, I think. Right. But I, I really like your framing of thinking about it in those specific, those specific needs mm-hmm, of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. I, I feel like I've had a whole bunch of students so that many. fit that category recently. And it's, it's just really surprising that it's so obvious to me that they are mastering the content and it's not obvious to them. And um, it's really interesting and surprising. And so it seems like they're just one step away from mastering the content and knowing that you know they just need to understand that they are mastering the content right and you know it's a thing it's sort of sad too because sometimes I like those particular types of students you wonder about their anxiety level is so not matching their reality right you know and then you have the absolute flip of that where you have people (laughs) who are super chill and doing nothing and they're fine and or just very much overestimate their, mm-hmm. you know, and I think I encountered that less here, mm-hmm. you know, but that it is really sad sometimes because you're just like, you're never getting to feel your successes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And potentially you're cutting off pathways that oh, you yeah. could do that you'd be really excited about doing, but you're just like, oh, well, I couldn't ever do that, you know, and so right. I, I don't want the students to feel like they couldn't do something that they absolutely could do if they had the confidence to step in that direction. Right. And it's so complex, like what things have happened in their past that they bring with them that makes them think that. But it's so interesting. Yeah, that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are you working on in this? Yeah, here we go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I guess the things I'm working on is one is boundaries for myself okay you know what I mean and when when do you kind of like okay little birdie like fly out of the nest now like I'm not do you know what I mean like Like, when do you kind of take away that scaffolding a bit and I see quite so much encouraging so are you talking about like stopping the cheerleading and stopping the or I don't know yeah so like say especially in the last year because of the way things are Mm -hmm. um like I used to have students come to office hours a lot to check mm-hmm. their homework because they mm-hmm. were worried about whether it was right. And that always felt fine to me because we're looking at it together and working through it. But over email, that became a little more like, I'm just emailing you my homework. Can you just tell me if mm-hmm. it's right or wrong? And I can't quite articulate why that feels different, mm-hmm. but it felt different in yeah. some way. I think there's a step missing of them like articulating something and they are because they've written it out and they're sending it to me but anyway it sort of became this service I was providing to some students which Mm -hmm. was like yes this is fine or this is not fine and at some point in the semester it felt like it was I should not be doing this anymore Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean and so that was encouraging and often it's people who got everything fine and Mm -hmm. it wasn't like an unfair you know it just became this thing of like I'd be sick of doing this. Do you want, mm-hmm. or it just felt mm-hmm. uh, there's something that I didn't like about it. So I think 
those kind of boundaries. I think mm-hmm. having those sometimes too, I have to work on, and it's something I do to people where I reject their praise a lot. Mm. And sometimes it's really annoying when people mm-hmm. do that because you're kind of like, hey, can you value my expertise? And I'm telling you, do you know what I mean? Like I can't. And it's interesting because as someone who does that to people all the time, I have to try and remember that. Mm-hmm. Like it's sometimes, and I think I sort of talked to you about this before, it worries me because you can talk people out of taking you seriously. Totally. And I think I have done that with one person I'm thinking of in particular, where I was so self-deprecating all the time. And they were so positive in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I think over time, I kind of wore them down and they came right into my way of thinking. And <laughs> it's like, oh, I didn't, that's not what I wanted to have happen. But, yeah. you know, so I think there's so many things like being encouraging I think for me to not kind of like if I'm getting to the point where I'm feeling irritated with someone, Mm -hmm. then obviously I'm getting too invested in changing their perspective. Or do you know what I mean? There's something there like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think McGonagall was like fretting afterwards that much about whether Neville took on what she said. And I think. And she wouldn't let it get to the point of being irritated. You're right. 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 Mm -hmm. So I think I need to. I'm not articulating this well, but there's some further musing I need to do about where the the border is of what mm-hmm. I'm comfortable with. And so, yeah. And most of the time, like in, in the experience I'm talking about with students who are really capable, who start this class mm-hmm. and with enough kind of jollying along, they do get rolling and they're off mm-hmm. and they're fine and they don't really need that much. You know what I mean? So I think yeah. I need to have in my head where that is. I think it does make a lot of sense that at the beginning of the semester, you would do more of that than at the end of the semester. You know, like, sure, I'll check your homework because you're still figuring out how the homework works here. Right. But week five, you've had plenty of homeworks, so not going to. Or, I mean, that could be your policy, for example. Right. And I think sometimes I'm really grossly unfair Because Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that bit of like, oh, it's early in the semester. I'm happy to do this. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not making it clear that this is kind of a finite thing. So I think that's, you know, definitely something I need to think about. Totally. And I know what you mean. Like I have kind of, there are unwritten rules even in my head where it's like, if you email me to say, hey, can you just read my introduction and see I'm worried that I did too much of X or something that feels fine to me. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, can you just check my report? That's starting to feel like, well, no, I'll do that when I grade it. But if you have a question, I'm glad to answer it, you know? Right, right. Exactly. Um, Yeah. But I think I need to, I don't even think I have it. I don't have it as well thought out as you do, where I'm just Mm -hmm. like, this is annoying me. And this other time isn't annoying me. And I don't do the next step of like, why are those two things different? So I need to do some of that. But I think you're right. Like, all of these things we're doing as part of encouragement, like... Yeah. To help the students know that they can do the assignments and do them well. Um, and it kind of comes back. I, I keep feeling like some of, the, some of this comes back to, to help or not to help. Like at the beginning of the semester, maybe it's perfectly appropriate to help by encouraging um, by reading their homework in advance. But then as time goes on, that's actually not helpful in either way. You know, you need to. Right. Read, yeah. Right. And I think, yeah. And for me with the homework thing, it's just like it is this emotional support Mm -hmm. rather than like a practical. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. 
Totally. Well, I like so, the idea of thinking about explicitly what you're okay with and what you're not okay. Yeah. I think it, yeah. like all of this is not on the students. It's on me to do some reflection about how mm-hmm. I actually want to do this. And mm-hmm. a lot of like, this sounds weird and it's like, it sounds like a humble brag and it's not, but like a lot of my thing is just like wanting to be nice, mm-hmm. but it's not nice to do something and then get so irritated with someone. Right. Do you know what I mean? So I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I need to. I do. I I've, I've felt bad about being irritated at students before because I've been like, but I totally led them to believe that it was okay to send me whatever right. it is. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's my fault that they're doing it and now I'm annoyed about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. So what about you? What are you working on? So, so again, thinking about the, the group of students who are doing excellently, but don't seem to understand that internally, mm-hmm. I'm considering being more direct about suggesting that they change their negative narrative. Um, yeah. I, you know, what, what I am doing is putting little cracks in where I can, but I'm considering telling them they're not allowed to say negative things about themselves during office hours or emails or something like that. Um, and we've kind of talked about this before. Um, I've thought about it a little more. I'm not sure exactly how it would work, but I think I would explain the rule and the purpose of the rule directly. And I think I could do it in a humorous way where it would just be this funny thing. Um, and I'm imagining, like, you know, of course, there's going to be slip-ups because the people we're talking about are in the habit of saying negative things. So um, there could be some system where we just have some acknowledgement that they do when they slip up and then they find a rephrase. And I'm hoping... Oh, I love the find a rephrase. That's what I'm thinking. Is that. like hopefully they're not only noticing when they're doing it, but then they're equipping themselves with some new phrases that they could use instead because it's a habit. You need something else to do. You need some other way to communicate if you're not doing the normal it's yeah. So, I think it could be effective, um but the tone has to be spot on, I feel like. So I want to really think it through in advance about how I want to phrase it and how I want to set it up. And like, at first I was thinking I would only want to do this with the students that I already have a good rapport with. But then I was thinking it could be the whole class. It could just be a rule. Like you can't write self-deprecating things in your emails to Claire. Uh, You know, I'm not quite sure how I want to do it. I need to think about it more. But I think, I think particularly this pool of students, but really everybody could probably benefit from realizing negative thoughts that they're doing and finding up, you know, finding new ones. So um, just a thought. I, I, I'm still pondering it. But um, Dude, I, I love yeah. all of this. I think I, it could be cool. Well, I'm having a lot of thoughts. Uh-huh. So what are your thoughts? One thought is, I love this. I love the replacement mm-hmm. because, um, this is a side note, but with my kids, like when they say something or ask for something kind of rudely uh-huh. and sometimes if you're just like no and I've started doing a thing where you're like try that again and then uh-huh. if they ask nicely and I'm like oh what a lovely way to ask or how I would be delighted to get you an apple and like there's some and I again the students we're talking about are not six and eight but there's uh-huh. some positive reinforcement mm-hmm. to like see if you ask nicely you get this lovely everyone's happy or whatever totally. so I think I like that where you're like try like rephrase mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. like how can um, you say that without putting yourself down you know I think there is another factor to this which is you know obviously it's 
I think it's detrimental to the student who's doing it, mm -hmm. but it actually also creates this culture, which can be really infectious and really toxic. That's a good point. And I hadn't really thought about this, but I heard something, maybe it was through maintenance phase, that podcast, but mm -hmm. it was about women who engage in sort of fat shaming themselves mm. and how it's really kind of contagious. But those people are found to be just really unhappy. But when you're like, oh, like I can't even get into my jeans and someone's like, oh, I can't even do. And like it just everyone's kind of one upping themselves mm -hmm. on how awful they feel. And I'm thinking about someone being in my office hour who is actually struggling mm -hmm. and hearing someone who's getting an A talking about themselves so badly. That's a really good point. Like just the impact. I, I don't know. It just can become a thing. And it's something I engage in all the time. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, no, mm -hmm. I'm the worst. And like, it's just... Yeah, it's it's not a good headspace. It also just kind of promotes, like, kind of building on what you're saying, it promotes the idea that chemistry or physics or whatever class you're in is just really hard. Right. Which, okay, you need to learn the content and practice, as is true with anything. But saying that it's hard can make it harder, you know? And right, if everybody's right. going around saying how how far they are from understanding it then that seems like it makes it unattainable to understand it you know totally yeah so i think yeah. you're right these these students who are getting an a and going around saying they're having trouble understanding it is promoting that culture even more that's really interesting and i think i've been on the receiving end of that where you're like oh no like this person thinks they're doing a bad job and they've got like all this stuff and uh -huh. you know just being like oh and i you know, and I don't think it's quite the same thing, but I've managed to do a little bit when we did grad school club. Oh, yeah. We used to sort of joke about, you know, wah, wah, like you said, something self-deprecating, <laughs> like try it again or whatever. Or, but I, I wonder, I mean, obviously you should, because like, your class is pretty tight, but uh -huh. also I wonder, could you try it, like pilot it in your, your research group or something? I think I might pilot it in my research group. Yeah. yeah. And those people I know better, but it's still a group. So I can mm -hmm. be talking to everybody rather, you know, um, I don't know. I, I think it could be cool. I'm, I'm intrigued by the idea and want to try it out. Yeah. The last thing I'm going to add, though, is I need to stop doing it, too. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes <laughs> I do it where I'm like, I'm the worst professor. And like, it's so uh -huh. irritating that I'm like, oh, why don't these students, you know, have the you know confidence that I'm like, oh, yeah, maybe um, I need to work on I always on talk that about myself. Jensen Chero, but she talks about how things that we find annoying reflects actually on oh, us. Oh, yeah. Like, why do we find that annoying? Probably because we want to do that better, too, for example. Yeah. There's something about apparently when you work with small children, mm -hmm. like when I worked in a summer camp, people were like, oh, the kid who drives you the most nuts is the kid that you were back in the day. <laughs> I was like, yeah. That's great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. We should watch out for that in our classes. We totally should. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Claire. Thank you, Ruth. Thanks so much for joining us on the Professor Podcast with Ruth and Claire. We're delighted to have you as a listener and we would love to hear from you. And if you want to email us, our address is contactprofessorpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any of your suggestions for future shows or professor quotes that you might want to share with us, or even just things that have come up for you when you were listening to previous episodes. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would love if you would spread the word. So the best way to spread word is by telling people you know if you think they should listen to it, or you can leave us a review 
wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.